We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Bear Cast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am one of your co-hosts, Rob Huang. Alongside me, of course, is my co-host and partner in crime for all things Cal, Andy. Andy, how are you doing this Monday evening? I'm doing great. No complaints. Uh, vaccine news is good. I think it has some not immediate, but close family members get the vaccine. So I'm pretty excited about that. And a lot of... Things have been happening today, so it's been a lot of Cal chats and Twitter and ASU scored seven points in a basketball game, (laughs) so uh, many interesting things happening right now, for sure. Happening happenings. We recorded on Monday, but so much news happened over, like what, like the last three days (laughs) that... Part of me was like, we should have probably recorded a podcast like Friday night, Um, but then we waited and now we're recording one out of two podcasts that we'll be recording because there's just so much crap to talk about. So this one's going to be, I mean, if you've you've probably seen in the title if you're listening to this, so this one's going to be a little bit more less Cal and more bigger picture and little bits news. And then of course... Um, the, the following one is going to be talking about the the big, big news that everyone wants us to talk about, which is the Tim DeRoyder stuff. But before we get to that, um, this episode is going to be talking about some of the smaller tidbit news. And there's a lot to go through. So uh, let's get right to it. There's We got a lot. First things first, uh, we're going to go through all the Cal news, and then we're going to talk about the big Pac-12 news um, that dropped last week. First one is... To, uh, Director of Recruiting Strategy, Marshall Charrington, um, has left to the University of Southern California. Marshall is a USC grad, um, so this is kind of a going home thing. And, you know, I, you can't blame him uh, for taking that job. I think it, it's probably a step up for him. Uh, and I think it's great. Um, I think it's absolutely awesome to for him to 
do that and the stuff that he's done for us over the last few years, like totally mar- uh, modernizing Cal recruiting from like a graphic standpoint, what they do, what they send out to kids, like how they interact with them, I think has has gone um, significantly better and brought us into the, the new era of how people are, should be recruiting. So good luck to Marshall um, and all his endeavors. Uh, I, he, you know, there was no Tosh situation here, which I thought was really nice where he kind of, he kind of like said he was leaving, I think. And he like dropped all his duties and like, you know, wrapped everything up, but there was no like subliminal type of texting guys. Like I'm moving to SE. So, you know, come over with me. Uh, it was just a, it was a clean transition, which, you know, we've, we've had bad transitions. So it's nice to see a clean transition um, this time around. Cause like, as soon as the news started popping up that he was leaving SC, like if you looked at his Twitter feed, like there were, he didn't, he, there were like no more likes of recruits tweets or anything like that from that moment on. And it was like radio silent on his Twitter account up until when he announced that he was going to be at SC. So very clean cut. Yeah. Professional. Mm-hmm. Very professional. Um, so yeah, kudos. I, mean, to Mark. I feel like for those fans that are like, "Hey, should I care about this?" Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. And it's a it's a big loss for the program, and also to the SC fans that are all commenting, "Why would we want anyone from Cal?" Yeah, this is somebody that you would want. So um, it's disappointing to see that Marshall is going to a fan base that immediately questions why he would be there because he's really good. And I don't know if they, you know, they're not going to immediately appreciate that, but they will over time. So it's a bummer, but you know, there's other things happening. It feels, that feels like two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But I think we'll be just fine. It's, it's cool to see these like top tier named programs come in after even not just our positional coaches, but like the support staff people, right. That, that, that just goes to show that we're being respected on that front across the country. So thanks for that. Uh, but yeah, we just uh, wish you luck. Wish you the best luck if you're listening to this uh, on your endeavors. And uh, we hope that you never beat us. <laughs> uh, next thing is player movement. Some more player movement. Uh, senior quarterback Devin Modster and senior defensive lineman Gabe Cherry both have entered the transfer portal as grad transfers. Um, they will be moving on to another place, another uh, school to maybe apply their trade. Andy, your thoughts on these two guys leaving? We didn't talk about Gabe Cherry, huh? Yeah, that was um, after our last podcast. Yeah, so I think there's there we might want to circle back on that one because that's where the drama lives, but. You know, D-Mod, probably one of his biggest fans over here for a while. <laughs> you I, wanted him on the field. Like, you wanted him on the field. I did. I did. Until I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, D-Mod, you know, I don't know why he hasn't really been able to kind of take that next step. I always felt like he had, you know, good awareness good pocket presence, decent arm, but it just sort of seemed like he, he wasn't able to kind of bring it all together. And I'm not surprised at the, the transfer news here. I think, you know, he's a senior, as you mentioned. I, I just sort of think like that quarterback room is crowded. If we didn't even take a look at Chase's little brother again, 
<laughs> like, then I don't know if DMOD's getting that look either. Yes, you know, we have Jaden Casey coming up, we have Spencer Brash, we have Kai, you know, and then we obviously have Garbers, the presumptive starter. It makes a lot of sense. So I wish him the best. I hope he succeeds. Could be great. Uh, good for him. Good for us. Win-win. And then Gabe Cherry uh, was someone that you and I had highlighted as that was like our big defensive recruit back in the Dykes days that we were like, oh, yeah, like Gabe Cherry. That's like the one in the class. Well, this staff didn't apparently feel that way about him. And he, there's no love lost between him and this staff because he didn't mention a single one of them in his departure. So on Twitter, he only thanked Sonny Dykes. And then I believe, I can't remember where else he said this, but he said it's been a really tough four years. He was losing faith and got the faith back and is now looking to transfer. So we wish Gabe Cherry the best. He graduated. Mm -hmm. So he did everything right on his end. So I think, again, like we said, you know, Marshall Charrington, professionalism. Gabe Cherry, professionalism. To come in, complete your schoolwork, put your head down, graduate as a member of the football team, despite all of that happening. That's that's impressive. Major props. So congrats to him. And, you know, it might not have been the, the world's best time at Cal, but the degree will serve him super well in life. And hopefully it becomes one of those things where he reflects back on that and is, you know, I, I have no idea about what his feelings are towards the university. I think what we read was mainly about his feelings towards the staff. And I think, so, yeah, I, I think if he stuck through four years of hardship, I think it was because he wanted that degree. Like, it, I think, you know, that's probably the only like driving force for him to have stuck around for so long if that was the case. So, unfortunate, it happens in college sports a lot. Um, but, yeah, I just wish him the best, and hopefully he finds a place that he can just explode and, and play really well. Maybe it's sunny at Tennessee, man. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like I spoke that into existence, and all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, Sunny Dykes popping up. I told you, man. It's it. You're gonna. We're gonna see. Uh, Sunny Dykes ex- agrees to extension with SMU like next week. <laughs> His agent yeah. deserves a raise. <laughs> yeah, and then the and then the SMU AD is gonna come out. We're like, we're extremely excited to announce that we have we have agreed to an extension with Coach Dykes. We're, we're we love him as part of the family here. We hope to see him f- for many many years to come, leading our football program. Like I can already see, I can already see that uh, statement coming out. Didn't he just get an extension at SMU? I think he did. Did he? Yeah, I thought he got like a new contract after he was like really successful after that, that, one after year. that first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. were good last year too, but I guess that one year. Uh, that's it, that yeah. one year when they were like, yeah, um, 2019, yeah, I think. 2019, dude. So he yeah. just signed it. Um, Classic Sunny quote. We love being in Dallas. I'm sure you do, Big Bear. I'm sure sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I saw Nick's tweet, which I think was the best. Like they, he was like, Cal fans should be just as weird about Sunny going to Tennessee as they were about Conzo coming to us. <laughs> like we gotta be just as weird about it. Um, 
Oh, yeah, that's another whole discussion of its own. But um, yeah, those two guys, hopefully hopefully they find a place to, to play. I'll be keeping an eye out to see if they, they land somewhere and, and get significant playing time. Uh, the next one is uh, kind of still an unknown, but Trayvon Clark apparently posted on his Instagram page uh, him wearing a Cal jersey and it the caption saying, like, I'm all in on year four. Um, so I think that's a statement of his intent to return to play his final year here. Um, but we shall see. Um, that like Trayvon Clark was one of the question marks of is he coming back? Is he not? He had been away from the team this past season due to I think Coach Wilcox had personal reasons. So if he's back, I'm all for it. Um, especially with Makai Polk leaving, like we're going to need all hands on deck at the wide receiver spots, especially the older guys, for sure. So he said, direct quote from Trey dot eighty underscore. I can't break like I'm bulletproof, dot, dot. I'm coming for it all. Prayer emoji, 100, hashtag year four. And then Jeremiah Hawkins, ironically, commented, let's go, Cuzzo, it's time. Yeah. So, uh, I think he's back. I think that's a statement that he's back. I definitely think he's back, which is huge. Yeah. Because this dude can play like he can ball. Yeah, he's arguably one of the reasons we won the big game. Like Chase is the one that scored yeah. that that touchdown. But if it wasn't for him making those catches on the sideline, like we would not have been able to come close on that final drive. So, yeah, he's he's big. He's big. He's a unsung hero for that big game. Well, that's great. I mean, if we get. Trevin Clark back that, you know, that makes the Makai news hurt less and gives us a little bit of that. Yeah. You laugh. Because <laughs> there's no such thing as less hurt for me. And he's looking at like the roster every single day, like updating it just to see like, who's wearing the next number 17 Jersey. Like just yeah. constantly. Is this the guy? Is he going to be better than Makai? Cause he has to be at this point. Man, just give it to a fullback or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one is a commit, is an incoming. We got our first. So we got our first def, uh, commit of the 2022 class uh, a couple weeks ago in defensive tackle. I don't know how to say his first name. It's Demonic, Demonic uh, Williams, who's a four star nose tackle or defensive tackle. And then last week, we get the commitment of four-star quarterback Justin Martin. Um, so now we have a four-star on each side of the ball to kick off this class. Justin Martin, for people that don't know, 6'4", 210-pound quarterback from Inglewood, California. He is the highest-rated quarterback recruit since Jared Goff. 247 Sports Composite Rating gives him a four-star, lists him the 223rd nationally ranked in his class. That's all recruits. Um, and he is in the top 10 of quarterbacks, I believe. Avi uh, watched his tape, and this is what he wrote on it. He says, uh, this appears to be Cal's top recruiting QB target in 2022. He'll definitely get popular through th- so through this. Um, so we'll be, pitched a, we'll be pitched a recruiting battle. 
He is easily one of the most athletic prospects I've ever seen at the position. Crazy natural arm strength, throws 40-yard go routes with ease. Awesome scrambler, great improviser out of the pocket. Seems like a primary scheme he runs out of is uh, straight spread with four verts, which kind of like what we want to run. So, yeah, it's uh, it's quite impressive. If you go to the Right for California page, you can see the write-up done by Owen Kaminsky, um, and it's uh, it's a good one with some good video footage too, so. He's a, uh, he's good, man. He's like actually really, really good. It's like his, if you look at his uh, offer list, it's like Oregon, SC, LA, Arizona state, Oregon state, Michigan state. Like he, he just exploded onto the scene and is absolutely stunning. So I am excited. What about you? I mean, this is the perfect time. For, for us, we, we built off of we built off the success of last year's class. Like every single class has gotten better, and if you're just looking like the early returns of this class, 2022, boy, there's I'm excited for Cal football in a major way. Things are they're really looking good, looking so, up and up, up and up, and this is an amazing get. Um, especially for, you know, I think on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, not that we haven't, I mean, in some ways we've almost under recruited defensively given how, how good we've been, but for Bill Musgrave, I think this is an important recruit. It's crazy to think about that. This is Bill Musgrave's first quarterback offer and first quarterback commit. Like just think about that. Like that he, he one at bat one home run. <laughs> like that's, that's what it is right now with Bill Musgrave. People are like, Oh yeah, we brought in Kai. Well, Kai was offered by the previous class and he went after him um, to bring him in as that quarterback for that class for this, for Justin Martin. It was, this is my guy from the tape I've watched. I am offering you. And then a few weeks later he commits like he doesn't, he doesn't need to go for any secondary or, or tertiary options. It was just my first guy. <laughs> And the the crazy part is is uh, Andy, you have more better Cal history than I do, um, because mine only goes back to like you know the mid two thousands. But if Jordan, if Justin Martin stays the course and signs and is on campus next summer or January or wh- whenever he decides to come in, this might be the first time in forever that Cal has two African American quarterbacks on their roster. The last time, the last time I we even had one was Zach Maynard. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I think it was Reggie. Uh, Reggie. Yep. Um, but in between then and now, I don't remember any year where we had more than one. This is not silence for dead silence. Andy's like thinking through his head right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to. Rattle my brain. I mean, there'll be fans, I think, that will have better knowledge of like the nineties and eighties. Yeah. But I'm trying to think from in recent history. Yeah. It's like, I mean, unfortunately, I was so young with like Kyle Bowler and all that. Like I I really didn't know who the backups were. But I think in the Rogers era, I'm thinking, you know, your backup right, Reggie Robertson. Was there anybody else on can't think of anyone. And then, yeah, we had Zach Maynard. 
I'm because those years I remember clearly, um, and we didn't have one, right? It was like it was Bridgeford with Bo Sweeney with Mansion, like yeah. those were the backup guys. Like they, they weren't, we didn't have an African American quarterback on the roster, which this is it's. We're D-Mod, and um, oh God, this is going to show how bad my memory is. We're, was D-Mod on the roster when we still had um, – oh, my gosh. I can't remember his name. He plays baseball now. Oh, oh. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> Turnover machine from South Carolina. Yes. Um, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Number five, Brandon McElwain. Yeah, were Monster and McElwain on the roster at the same time? They weren't. They weren't. McElwain no. had already decided to leave by the time Monster came on the campus. Yeah, I mean that's that's a I mean it's that's a really interesting data point uh, from a standpoint of it's kind of it's very surprising, especially mm-hmm. in the last twenty years. To I mean, it, it's surprising over any period of time, but as, as you've seen this kind of explosion of like diversity specifically at quarterback and the way that the game is played. And it's not this like traditional back drop back passer anymore. It's like a more athletic position. And uh, it's just sort of wild to me that that might be the case. And it, I mean, our one dual threat quarterback ended up being kind of like a really conservative. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say anything more. Conservative, Uh, very conservative guy who ended up playing safety. We just haven't gone that that dual threat route. You and I were clamming. I mean, and it's also a a myth that if you're African American, that you have to be dual threat. Like that's not the case. But Mm -hmm. no, uh, he's rated actually as a pro style quarterback. Yeah, Um, he's eighth in on two four seven and composite. He ranks somewhere around eleven. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's just a, it's a kind of a, it's an interesting reflection of Cal, and uh, yeah, I mean, as far as Justin Martin goes, I couldn't be more excited for this. I think it's going to be a tremendous player for Cal. It's a huge, huge recruit. I think Avi's spot on. Like we'll have to fight to keep him. I think of what happened, you know, a couple, not a couple years ago, but with uh, Jaden Daniels. Yeah, like that's like who I would be a little bit worried about is if, you know, ASU kind of came calling again. And yeah, our well, lunch. on the flip side, Jaden didn't commit until like the very end. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whereas Justin's... I know, I know. So, yeah. I think if you sell him on the idea of we want you to be the guy that goes out and recruits guys into the class for us, right? Him on the offensive side, Williams on the defensive side. I think if you if you give him that that like responsibility, I think he's more likely to stick because he'll have more attachment to that to the school now. You know, he's like already part of the team and trying to grow out the team versus he's just a face until he gets on the campus. Hopefully, but yeah, this is a big one. This was a very very big one. So we'll see where the recruiting class goes from here for 2022, but solid start, solid, solid start in two key positions for the Cal defense and the Cal offense. All right. The next bit of news, which is the one that we have to talk about. uh, It's like the big, big overarching one that we want to talk about today is Pac-12 commissioner, Larry Scott under mutual agreement with the board of the directors or the, the conference uh, directors will be leaving his post a year early. He will be leaving the job as Pac-12 commissioner on June, uh, I think the final day of June, at the end of the month. So he's gone, Andy. He will no longer be here. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yo, that was crazy. Because that happened on the same, that happened on inauguration day. Right. And that was that was just the craziest of crazy. Larry Scott, <laughs> I mean, he's still on till June, which was uh, still a disappointment. It's kind of a lame duck thing. Um, but I I would think that he's just there till June, just so if they hire someone in between that time, there could be like a like you know just an easy handoff of like these are the duties, you know, here's the contacts. Like you don't like fire him abruptly and like do all that. So yeah, I'm all right with it. But anyways. He will remain in the role until June 30th, 2021. As we think of Larry Scott, you know, he came into the Pac-12 with quite a bit of hype Mm -hmm. and was, or sorry, not the the Pac-10 at the time, Mm -hmm. and then created the Pac-12, which the addition of Utah and um, uh, Colorado Colorado have been great. Mm -hmm. So that was a good move, but then also was looking at the Pac-16, with Texas and some other Big Twelve, it was like Texas, Texas Tech, like uh, what's it? Uh, what other schools? Oklahoma. Yeah, um, it was like a, it was like a crazy, crazy. That would have been money. Should have done that. Very ambitious. Super ambitious. Seemed like it was going to happen. Didn't happen. And then it was just downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> just like all that potential. I don't know what happened. It's like you had that long-term vision and then it was like, oh, we're going to do this Pac-12 network. I mean, whatever. A commissioner bungling a, uh, you know, the network can happen. I mean, you know, that could easily happen. It's it's just sort of like one of those things. And it's college network. It's, but it's kind of everything else for me. It's just like we had the worst officiating in college football, and then he came out and was like, our officials are great. It's like, do you even watch your own product? 
You know, maybe not. And then the call down in the USC game. I mean, what the hell is that? Like he sure, sure should have lost his job for that. So I think he's been the luckiest man in America for quite a while. And not in our, our mind, but in many ways. What he ends up, he like he, his, he could say his reputation is down the drain, but who cares when he earned over 40 million during his time as Pac-12 commissioner? <laughs> You're good. You're good. You can do this. You could go on a podcast. Call it the Larry Scott podcast. I could. Yeah, you could. You could forego your public image if in return you got $40 million. The Larry Scott podcast presented by Blue Wire, Blue Wire Hustle. <laughs> Larry's stories from the Pac-12. Larry. Yes, Larry. Like it's Larry to himself, by the way. <laughs> it's one man playing four roles. Hey, Larry. Yeah, Larry. Go ahead, Larry. All right. So why did you decide? <laughs> uh, let me read you a little bit from uh, from what Avi wrote for the site when Scott left. Um, so Scott started off the Pac-12 with uh, seems to be good signs of things to come when he expanded with Utah and Colorado, as you thought. He followed that up with the creation of the Pac-12 network, the first major independent college conference network that was supposed to set up the conference for the 21st century. But reality soon hit hard. A failed bid at a Pac-16 in hopes of landing Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and a Texas Tech f- uh, fell apart. And then the Pac-12 network could not land a deal with DirecTV, the nation's largest sports TV carrier, greatly lo- reducing the ability for conference to monetize the network and make national players uh, while the SEC and Big Ten network thrived on CBS and ESPN, respectively. Um the original 12-year TV deal that seemed like a boom at the time soon became a trap as sports TV rights became the major profit center mid-decade leading to the SEC, Big 12, ACC, and Big 10, all doubling or tripling their revenue margins beyond the current Pac-12 deal. The Pac-12 network soon became rumored in stories of deals to try and make money in lieu of sagging advertisement rights, all while housing its media headquarters in one of the most expensive markets on the planet in downtown San Francisco, which, by the way, he moved the headquarters from Walnut Creek, which should have been actually manageable uh, rent and so on to literally downtown San Francisco <laughs> on third street, like literally five die. Like they don't like, right to they don't like to commute. <laughs> you know, you know where he lived though, right? No, he lived out in the East Bay. He lived like in like Moraga, the La- Moraga Concord, you know, oh. Lafayette area. <laughs> He's more crazy than we thought. <laughs> So that's actually you made your commute worse. A ten minute commute. Ah, <laughs> oh, so so silly. I mean, you know the crazier part is he had a one point nine million dollar loan from the Pac twelve to purchase his house. He didn't pay a single ounce of it, and then is now paying back the full thing as he's leaving. I don't. I don't, I don't understand either. There must be something that we're missing. Like, there's no way that I mean. He's given us zero confidence that we should have any faith, but is it possible to be that incompetent? <laughs> <laughs> like that seems bonkers to me. It's just as crazy as the Vander Kane stuff with the sharks. Like dude has three ten million dollar homes <laughs> on a thirty million dollar contract. <laughs> like yep. and he's bankrupt. What is going on there? But as far as like Lair goes. I don't know. I, it's, it's so weird to me. But uh, what does he do next? What does he do next? I could care less. 
(laughs) (laughs) What do we do next as a conference? That's where I'm interested. All right. Who do you like? Well, what was it? Was it Bruce Feldman who put out that list of uh, potentials? Yeah. Um, And I believe the ones, the one that I liked was Greg Byrne, who is the current uh, Alabama 80. And he spent time in the Pac-12 too, uh, working for Arizona. So yeah, that would be my pick. Um, I think it makes sense. He's, he's dealt with the high level of, you know, power five football, like is respected due to his, you know, position currently as the Alabama AD and has worked in the Pac-12. So he knows all about that too. And so I think he could probably do a lot more. Um, I don't think this is one where you take a chance at like another finance guy or someone who works in, you know, in that department of sports. I think you definitely have to run with someone who is a lot more sports savvy and then just lean on people in your finance department to figure out the right deals and negotiations and stuff like that. But like the trajectory and the big picture and the roadmap and, and figuring out where you want to try and go and, and getting new ideas to do so. I think you need to bring in a guy who's more in tune with the sport, excuse me, the sports side of things. Yeah. Crazy. Do you Harvard have a pick? Educated former head of the women's tennis association. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, everyone loves Greg, everybody. So I think from SE fans, Oregon fans, Cal fans, they all love Greg. So I think that Greg Byrne would be my choice, but you know, I think he's the popular choice right now. I don't really know. You know, I, I, I is it Jim Delaney? Is that the name of the big, either the old big 10 yeah. commissioner? So I saw him talk. He was pretty interesting because like he had a nice blend of kind of like forward thinking views and then, uh, and then not so much. I think what I've always been disappointed with is with the fact that commissioners are so unwilling to see what the truth will be for these players, which is that they need to be paid. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I would ask for is just someone that, you know, has more of, of an innovative mindset to that. And I do agree that, you know, I do agree that it probably has to be someone that understands the sports side a little bit, but the big thing for this person will inevitably be, what type of television deals do they think about? And I think that's where the innovation comes in. I know people have been joking around being like Cal sports on Peacock or Disney plus, but it's not that inconceivable to think that sports may move to this, uh, this format that we're seeing a lot of our programming go to. And I think you need to be smart about that. Like, would it be smart for Cal to sign a long-term deal to have every single, or the, sorry, not Cal, the PAC 12 sign a long-term deal with Hulu? and have every single game be on Hulu. I like that type of thinking because I'd way rather that than, I mean, you know, Fox sports, I think would be nice too. They're not going to go anywhere, but the way that television is being consumed now and the way that media is being consumed is entirely different than the environment in which Larry Scott first started. I mean, even you were mentioning direct TV, which no, you know, which is now AT&T, and all of their programming has been ripped off. So it's like even that model is now outdated as we look at that. So I think I think we need someone that can think through the technical 
complications while so like innovative but having more familiarity with what actual sports and athletic programs will need so it can't really be that outsider but i don't want to bring in somebody that's like fully admin admin administration background yeah you know i'd be super down for it to be on peacock man like if it's if we're if we get that deal with like nbc you know and like you know pac-12 games you know how like notre dame is on nbc yeah like just that with pac-12 like there's a highlight pac-12 game on nbc every saturday night or in the afternoon and then like the rest of the games are all on peacock like, cause you know, NBC just announced that NBC sports network, like their cable channel network will be, will be shutting down at the end of the year. Right. So you're no longer going to be able to see, you know, the, the Wednesday hockey games, um, like the, the, yeah, the Wednesday night hockey games or the Notre Dame games or like any of the racing, um, stuff that you see on NBC, like it's not going to be on cable anymore. It's either going to be on the N- NBC, NBC like over the air or they're pushing everything over to Peacock. So that's like the new trend. And I already have a Peacock subscription because I have to watch all my Premier League games with Manchester United, who, by the way, is number one in the league right now. But that's besides the point. Um, Like I already have that signed up. Like that would be that'd be great um, if, you know, that could double up to watch all these other Pac-12 games. So. What do you like? How's the audience been on the Manchester United games? So you're saying everyone that watches Man U football is in a, in America. If you if in the U.S. if you want to watch these games, you have to have a Peacock subscription. Wow. Or yes, unless unless the game is actually on NBC, like I said, um, if it's but if it's not on TV, you have to watch it on Peacock. That's the only way you can watch it. Yeah, this is so interesting because like. Would NBC then broadcast it? Like, let's say you had Cal Stanford. Does NBC then broadcast that on their actual network? That Like, the one thing I think about is exposure, too. And then you're like, all right. Because what happens, What is? it's like to- these things are, like, totally, in some ways, very different. Because you have a Disney Plus or a Peacock, which is trying to get you to move there because of content. Right. And then Man U is a good example, but they're such a big name. Then I'm like, who are the people that are going to sign on to watch Cal versus Oregon State? <laughs> right. It's going to be me and you and like only like the real fans. And I wonder if we lose that casual fan audience. And so that's, that, I, that's the decision you have to make as the commissioner, right? Like, let's say, let's say, uh, you know, for you, Andy, let's say NBC comes to you and Netflix comes to you. Netflix offers you less money, right? But you know their user base. You know how large that user base is. Yeah, everybody has Netflix. Yeah. But then let's say Disney or Peacock comes to you and it's like, we'll put your game on like Hulu or, or, or you know, ESPN Plus or like Disney Plus or Peacock. But they offer you more money. But you know their user base is definitely lacking compared to like Netflix, right? Which one would you take? Do you take the exposure and less money or do you take the more money and less exposure? Hmm. None of them negotiate, <laughs> <laughs> negotiate with Disney, get the rights to be played, have Pac-12 games played on ABC and ESPN. It's <laughs> not going to happen on, and on Disney plus boom, baby. Andy for commissioner 2024. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know. I, that's what I, I don't know. I, you I, have to be thinking that way. 
you have to get somebody that can think beyond just the next three years. You got to be thinking about the next 10 years, how things are being consumed, the shift to mobile, the shift to, uh, you know, uh, like kind of, oh God, what is it? Like selective programming. It's not what I'm trying to say, but you have to have someone that's thinking that. Otherwise, you're just going to be, you know, you're just going to be behind. And But I, I don't know. It's really comp- It's a. Com- I don't think it's an easy job. It's not. It doesn't seem like Larry Scott was a dumb person, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I think he. I, you know, to be fair, looking back at it on hindsight, I think he delayed the inevitable. I think it was like he was like, oh, you know, we're going to keep working on it with Directv, and he at some point should have just buckled and just been like, we'll just take whatever you want to give us, and just gotten it on the network first. Just do a short deal, right? Just do like a five-year deal of it just being on DirecTV and we'll reconsider, you know, when we get to that point. And you you bank and you bet, you double down on your own product, right? That's what he should have done and then, you know, renegotiated. But he was he like held out for this arbitrary number of, you know, dollars and it never came to fruition. You know, he talks about he, like they talked about like it, the, them being like here in you know Silicon Valley and like the tech you know the tech like industry of the world. Like, how cool would it have been, and how much for your brand it would have been awesome if you had launched with YouTube TV, you had gotten a deal done with YouTube, and like been the first sports college sports network to launch with a streaming service like that. The, the news would have done its marketing itself yeah right and it's right here it's literally down the down the freeway and you didn't like do any of it right like the only place you can get like pac-12 network right now is like was it like fubo tv and like sling tv and a couple others uh, but it's like that's it's not a meaningful user base do you have a, an idea of what the rent was no. in san francisco do you want to guess uh per you month will never guess it per month per year we can do per, per month yeah we can do per month if you want I'm no, no, per year per year you'll never guess i am gonna say they rented out the entire floor i'm gonna overestimate and say it's like somewhere in like the you can do per month no i've already calculated by year in my head <laughs> um somewhere between like 25 30 mil a year what no, that's what thirty million a year. They had like they had like three floors of that building. Still thirty and studios a year. What? All right, I don't know what commercial real estate like is rent wise in San Francisco. Like well, I know what like housing is. To spare our viewers that conversation, yeah, seven million per year. Five hundred and eighty-three thousand dollars a month. That yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking like a mil a year. But insane. That is insane. That's ridiculous. That's, that's insanity. My goodness. How many employees did they have? Did Not they a lot. Have many employees? No. Well, they furloughed most of them. Holy Toledo! That tells you how much I know about commercial real estate. <laughs> Uh, yeah there's a lot of good quotes in this some candidates to uh come up 
Bernard Muir of Stanford, Ray Anderson, Arizona State. I don't know. Uh, if, I don't know um, if you want to get that Stanford AD who had to legitimately cut sports from their program <laughs> to make yeah. the money work. So I don't know if that's a good starting point where you have, you have to cut stuff. Mike Oresco, Connelly's Rice. Oh God! The last one would be uh, Jamie Zazinovich, who's the Pac-12 deputy AD. I don't think they're going to do that. No, they're not going to hire enough from the same regime. Um, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with them going outside the conference. Please. Yeah, for sure. Go to where? I mean, go to the SEC. Yeah, go to the SEC. Even the ACC, I, I wouldn't mind at all either. Um, like just. Just go with someone that you know knows the sports side and their conference has done well across the board and then has you know experience dealing with the NCAA and and bigger powers at hand. Yeah. I don't really want AC, ACC cuz I think that le- I mean I'd probably rather Big 10 or SEC. Fine by me. Just not in-house please. Just not <laughs> just don't promote from in-house. That's that's all I ask. Not from within. Nope. Well, peace out, Larry. It was Damn. was it nice knowing you? Mm. I'm not sure. But <laughs> uh, by the way, if you uh, follow us on Twitter and you sent us your dancing emojis or your dancing gifts of when Larry Scott was fired, um, we appreciate all of them. I personally went in and hit the like button on every single one. I thought they were awesome. They were all such varying emotions. <laughs> it was it was lovely to see. Absolutely lovely. Well, I think that's a good enough conversation about Larry Scott. You got anything else to add before we wrap this one up? That's it. Any questions from the fans? Not about Larry Scott, just dancing emojis. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> just dancing, dancing, dancing across the board. I'm thinking that we need to do some sort of uh, tradition when somebody leaves that we're excited about leaving. What should we do? What should, I don't is know. There something we should say? Yeah. Bon voyage. Uh, <laughs> you tell the whole damn world this is big. I don't know. Yeah. Happy trails, I guess. Happy trails. That's a good that's a good one. Whenever someone leaves, happy trails, buddy. Happy trails. Uh and well, that's it from the Golden Bear Cast. If you're listening to us, you know where to find us. So that wraps that up. You can find us on Twitter at Golden Bear Cast. You can find me on Twitter at Rob11HWNG. You can find Andy at Andy J Beast Mode. And you can find all our written stuff at RightForCalifornia.com. Uh, where we have a bunch of stuff up right now for men's basketball, football, football recruiting, coaching hires. And we'll see you on the next pod. Go Bears. Go Bears.